everybody, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Steam Machine Podcast. My name is Dalton, and joining me, as always, are my good buddies, the Brothers of Destruction themselves. Yo, what up? It's Nate. Hey, it's Willie. How you doing this week? And this week, we cooked some shit. We killed some shit. We played Battleship Brigade. Um, but before we pop into that game, I would real quickly give our Patreon shout-outs right here. It's a Mr. Jeff and Aries or Adam. I'm sticking to calling you that, sir, Aries or Adam. <laughs> uh, and I also wanted to give a uh, quick shout-out to uh, Taylor, who many of you know as um, Hyper Pixie. Uh, she's one of my in-real-life in friends, IRL, if you will. Uh, and her and her boyfriend started a new podcast called the Nautical Nomads Podcast, uh, and it's about Amazon's new MMO coming out called New World. Like, they got invited oh. into the beta. They really enjoyed it. So they are hopping on to that. Uh, their first episode has been recorded. I'm not sure if it's out yet, um, but they do have an RSS feed up. So if you go search Nautical Nomads, uh, pretty much anywhere um, you get your podcast, you, it'll pop up. If you have any interest in that game, maybe you can listen to them, chat about it a bit. And uh, if it tickles your fancy, maybe check the game out with them. Uh, I'm not too familiar with that MMO. Do you have a like a elevator pitch for what it's about or are you familiar with it yourself uh the video that i saw of it um i haven't looked too much into it yet i you know what's funny is i clicked on steam because you can go on the steam page and it's like sign up for the beta so like i clicked that and it was like you were accepted into the beta i was like sweet so i installed the game it was like 50 something gigs and when it got done installing instead of saying play it just said uninstall because the beta was (laughs) over and i was like oh no oh damn that sucks. <laughs> the beta ended while I was installing the game. That's hilarious. <laughs> I feel uh, like something like that happened with the Back for Blood closed alpha, where some friends told me to get it, and by the time I got it, it was open for like two more hours, so we played like a game of it. Wow. <laughs> I really enjoyed that alpha, though. Like I played a few rounds, and it was it was a pretty sweet game. I wish my, my laptop would have been able to hold up to it, because it did seem like a really good Left 4 Dead successor, and I feel like I'd like it. I mean, is the full game out yet? Are they still in the beta? Uh, that's a good question. I'm not sure. I feel like I probably would have heard about it from those people if uh, the game had come out, though. So, um, but as far as New World, uh, it reminds me of like World of Warcraft meets Elder Scrolls Online, from what Warcraft. I saw. But it looks like maybe the combat will have a little more to it than WoW. Like, uh, and that's why I say maybe combined with ESO because it looks like there's some dodging involved and uh, s- swinging of axes. Like the combat doesn't seem as in depth as say Black Desert Online. Now I think I saw somebody on Twitch playing this game because I remember I was sitting in somebody and they raided, and then I remember seeing an MMO I'd never seen before. Correct me if I'm wrong, but this one looks like it has a lot more like movement to it than a lot do. Like Final Fantasy fourteen and like games like that, you're really kind of stiff. But this game looks like it had like rolling and stuff like that that yep. you could do, and has like really good like oh. character movement. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I, I think like the sound of that man. I tried to play the World of Warcraft demo, and I feel like you're basically stood still, mashing your attacks until you have to evade something, and oh, yeah. just walking away from it. Well, that's that's old school ass MMO style, like. Uh, the newer style MMOs, especially the ones that are coming out of Korea, like Blade and Soul, uh, Black Desert Online, and and now Amazon doing with New World and stuff. Uh, it's a lot more action based. Uh, having to you you can if you don't want to get hit, you can fucking dodge instead of it being a hit chance type thing. That you know, so I I you know obviously you guys have probably seen me. I've been playing the shit out of some Black Desert Online the past few days, and it's been fun. Mm. And I just I really enjoy the the fluidity of running around and just swinging my axe like it feels meaty. You know, so you should I, stream that some more if you're not going to be completely swamped with tails or trails. Yeah, I thought about I thought about that because I I do I did enjoy streaming it. You streamed it so. once, but I was kind of preoccupied with something else at the time, so I wasn't giving it the full attention I deserved. Speaking of what you were occupied with, do you guys want to talk about that game? I'm sure you do. Uh, we got a couple games we want to talk about. Uh, Nate, I mean, I feel like might as well roll in with the, the new hotness. So yeah. What you got for new me, bro? Yeah, so there's this game that, you know, um, came out. I don't remember, I'm not sure when it came out, but we just got into it's it. It's been because... in early access until really recently, and it just got its kind of formal cross-platform release. Like gotcha. A couple ago. Well... Our kind of introduction to it was we were watching Dave's stream one night. Dave from Tadpog. Shout out Tadpog. Tyler Shout out Tadpog. Tyler and Dave play old games. Check them out. That's a podcast. Uh, <laughs> anyway, he was playing that on stream one night. And so it looked pretty cool. And we ended up, he ended up convincing a few people to download it and play it. And so we've been kind of like sick into it. It's called uh, Super Animal Royale. 
and it's a battle royale style game. Um, I'm not too familiar because I haven't played a whole lot of battle royale, so I don't know how this like compares. But I think those are games like Fortnite, if correct. Yeah, uh, one yeah. of the big influences on this game was Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, which is also the game that Fortnite's main mode primed a lot from. And I respect PUBG more than Fortnite, so just throwing that out there. Continue. I have no opinion because I didn't play either of them. <laughs> but like, this is a, kind of a cute little game. Like, it's like 2D graphics. It's for top-down view, and you're these animals that are running around with weapons, trying to murder the other animals. <laughs> Could be a good time to point out that this game is uh, completely free to play. There is a super version that you can get that just unlocks more cosmetics, but it's one of those games with the free-to-play, no-pay-to-win model, which I always appreciate. Yeah, everything that you can pay for in this game that I've been able to see has been cosmetics, which is generally how I prefer my free-to-play games. Like, as soon as I have to start paying to win, I'm out. Yeah. Yeah, um, I, f- I feel that. I, I haven't really... Uh... I haven't looked into it much. I did watch Dave stream some of it and it was, uh, it looked fun to me. Um, I just, I haven't installed it yet. I've been meaning to, I just keep forgetting. And then I load up black desert online or something and just forget to do it. It's pretty fun. I would recommend that the first couple of the games you play, you might want to just do it in solo mode because I've noticed that I was kind of confused and following my friends around from the first few games. Then I played a couple of games in solo and immediately like started understanding stuff that I didn't understand before. I like, like to, I like to hear that it's got a solo mode. Yeah, yeah you can play uh, solo, duos, or squad, which is four players. And if you uh, roll up in squad, but you only have three at your party, it'll try to auto-match you with someone that didn't have a, uh, someone, so you can solo queue into squad if you want. Probably wouldn't recommend that, but um, well, we had fun when we had three groups of three. You know, We would play with an online random person. You can, like, you know how in Battle Royale games, usually there's, like, the helicopter or the battle bus or whatever flying over the level, and you jump out to, you know, begin yeah. the battle? Uh, parachute down uh, in this game there's a, an eagle you ride because everything is animal based super animal based sorry so you ride the super giant eagle over the battlefield it shows you where the uh there's like an arrow that shows you which direction it's going and there's landmarks on the map you can look at and one thing that's cool is you can mark a spot on the map so you can communicate with your non-voice chat teammate from china or whatever that happened to come in and be in your squad and you know they can like you know mark it too if they agree or they can mark somewhere else they want to suggest somewhere else and you all try to jump out and you know, it, it's, it's fun. The last man standing wins, and um, there's kind of, a, a, like this traditional, like the player under own style, where there's a big ring that every couple minutes it sets the ring inside of the old ring, and then the old ring closes in, and it's just a damage zone outside of the safe area. So you have to yeah. kind of keep moving to the middle over the course of the game. Yeah. Yeah. It's a pretty fun game. Like, and one of the cool things about like all the cosmetic stuff is you unlock things for free without paying anything as well. And there's a bunch of different little animals you can unlock. So, like, so far I have, like, a bear I can play as, a ferret I can play as, a chicken I can play as. Just a bunch of fun, goofy stuff like that. And it's very cute and harmless to look at. It's just a good time. I need to know, is there a penguin? Yes. I'm in. (laughs) It's not in the first few levels of um, animals you unlock, but I have seen it. But I'm level 30, and I think you keep unlocking animals to level 60. And I haven't seen it yet in my animals that I can get. It's okay. As long as it's an option and it's something yeah. to shoot for. I don't know why yes. I like penguins as much as I do, but I do. So I don't I know why I like turtles great. as much as I do, man. I relate. <laughs> They're great animals. Every time you see them, it makes you happy. You know? Yeah. Like, especially when you get a little video of penguins, a couple of them are walking, one of them falls over and the other one just trips over them. And then you just create a penguin traffic jam. You'll love it every time. I don't know if y'all have that problem or this problem up here, up there. Let me try that again. Take two. Okay. I don't know if y'all have this kind of problem up there, but I cannot tell you how many times I've been driving down the road and had to come to a stop, get out, and help a turtle across the road. Like, <laughs> yeah. Go, go ahead. Continue on. I have done that several times. I thought you were going to say something about alligators, and I'm like, nope, never. <laughs> I would not help an alligator across the road. I think they can handle themselves. Yeah. I love, I loved, uh, I think it was in Tadpog Discord. Shout out Tadpog Tower Day Play Old Games. Uh, that um, <clears throat> they were making jokes about Florida schools teaching you to run in zigzags away from alligators. <laughs> and everybody was joking about it. And I chimed in. I'm like, oh, no, no, yeah, that's real. That's a real. Th- I really did learn that. And yeah. like, so my wife, the- she's from Florida, too. So she had that education as well. It's so funny. And I mean, I was I there was a one time and this is why I don't do lakes. Right. I don't like being in lakes. Um, I'll be on a boat on a lake. I'll sit on the beach on a lake. 
Um, I'll stand maybe knee deep in a lake. I don't want to swim in it because there's a like a public beach, quote unquote, a beach, quote unquote. There's a bunch of fucking beach sand that they put by a lake. <laughs> right. So um, I was out. This was God. I was young. I was like nine or so. Um, and I was swimming and I was with this older kid that I was hanging out with. who was a neighbor of mine and he swam out past the safety rope. So, of course, I followed him out there. And we're floating in the deep water and stuff, and he's talking to a girl. And I really shouldn't have been there. I was just a dumb young kid following this dude because I was hanging out with him. And they start swimming back towards the shore. So I didn't want to follow along. So I'm kind of just floating there looking around. And I shit you not, maybe five feet from me, a gator just surfaces. Yo. And in that moment, I'm like my fucking heart's beating right now. In that moment, I swear to you, I ran on water back <laughs> back to the the, the the whole like 30 feet that I needed to go to get to shore. I was like hauling ass. I was so terrified to the point that when I hit the shore, I kept running up the beach <laughs> and just kept going. <laughs> Little fat kid just, ah! <laughs> yeah. His parents picked him up in Louisiana three days later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the scariest thing we've got up here is the snapping turtles in the lakes. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Yeah, I've, uh, I've seen a few of those down here, but they're not as, uh, they're not as common as alligators and moccasins. Oh yeah, those yeah, I'd be most worried about alligators just because uh, I've seen some videos where it's surprising how little water they need to hide in it. You know, It'd be completely invisible from the surface. That's, I told you guys about the time I found one in my backyard, and like that was the day I re- I learned that alligators can climb chain link fences. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. That's whoo. That's a. <laughs> that's oh, a weird I wonder part. if there's alligators in this game. I haven't seen that many reptile creatures. That, to be honest, yeah. Me neither. I haven't seen a, I haven't seen that one yet. I have seen a frog and I've seen turtle. Yeah. Uh, one thing that's cool though is when you unlock an animal, like when you unlock the animal, there's also sub sub breeds of the animal you can unlock, which are usually different colorations. But some of them are like slightly different animals within that. Like within the songbird, there's like a really cool like cardinal, which I've been using a lot of it because it's like my college mascot and the state bird and all of that, and it's really adorable. He's got the beak and the beady black eyes and the or beady white eyes because it's got like a black coloring around them i think but it's like i don't know like there is things like that or like if you have the um i don't think it's too spoilery to say some of the early games yeah, go ahead. If you, like if you get the, if you unlock dog then underneath dog is like you know pomeranian weimaraian or two different kinds of corgi two different types of lab etc etc sheeb Shebas, yeah the shebas they're so adorable oh sheeb 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 is actually one of the cheapest ones too so if you if you have an interest in being the meme doge the the doge is in there. Old Doge. And you unlock you unlock DNA for the animals randomly after each game, but you get an item drop called a super magnet that lets you basically pick what animal you're going to unlock for the next couple of games. So if you got like one you're really going after, it, it helps you do that. Otherwise, you can just let it feed in randomly until you see more breeds you like. Hmm. Okay, so I, so I I do like that. And there's no like pay-to-win progression no, other, than, other than the, the little pack you can get, but that's not really pay-to-win. The pack no. is still strictly cosmetic. It's yeah. just... Uh, Basically, if you get the super pack, it unlocks some of the milestone stuff that otherwise would be gated. But milestone stuff is just like a different shirt or a different color for your gun, things like that. So, like, and there's no mechanical difference between each of the animals as far as I can tell. There's mm-hmm. no, like, meta where people are only playing as a plain fox because it has the best hitbox or anything goofy like that. It's straight up just strictly cosmetic. And, I mean, uh, I mean, the weapons and stuff, they're all in there in the game. You just have to go out there and get them. I got you. I got you. Um, I have been... Well, actually, you said that there was uh, two games you wanted to talk about. That was the first one. Is there another one you wanted to bring up? Yeah, I had a couple other things. Um, yeah, go ahead. So me and Nate have been playing a, an online fighting game for a couple of years called Brawlhalla. It's um, it's a platform fighter. kind of. In, it looks like a, if someone tried to make a cartoony clone of Smash Brothers in Flash, basically. Like yeah, that, The initial presentation that, isn't going to grab people for the most part. It's kind of neat, though, because it's got like... They got acquired by Ubisoft a couple years ago, so they added a bunch of crossover characters from a bunch of different franchises. So it's like a weird game now where it's like all the normal characters from in the game in the game's universe. But then there's like characters from professional wrestling and The Walking Dead and Steven Universe and Ben 10 and Hellboy and Teenage Mutant Ninja Ninja Turtles. Turtles. Yeah. And um, it's got a good competitive scene because... uh, Kind of, you know, like, Nintendo doesn't put any money into Smash Bros. tournaments, so all Smash money 
Like all the money from Smash Bros. tournaments either comes from sponsors or from the prize pool put up by the people that are entering the tournament. Ubisoft puts a ton of money in this game. So like this season, there's a $1 million total prize pool for tournament play throughout the year. Damn. Yeah. Several of the players that are top-ranked players have earned over $100,000 each just in in-game prize winnings before sponsorships and streaming revenue and all that. Just how much money they've won for playing the game. And uh, the other day, we, me and Nate, we play a lot of the casual 2v2 mode because it's fun. And uh, we ran into a professional player. Yeah, how'd that go? Um, so, we, we, Nate, you want to tell him about that part? Yeah, so it was, <laughs> it was kind of funny because it was actually two professional players. But we could only identify one that day, but I was pretty sure I knew who the other one was. But there was a player called, it was Simba, right? It was like yeah, it was the Simba. Number seven twos player in the world. Like 2v2 player. So that was great. And so we basically got killed. We each actually took a stock off of Simba, but I think they were just messing around. They knew we weren't real competition, so it's nothing really to brag about. But I was like, I swear I know who this second player is, but he had, but you can go on Steam, you can change your name up, and it doesn't show. But it still said he was part of the 2021 Brawl Series Champions, or whatever that was. It was the the Pro Series. And there was only one player that I thought it could be, and I noticed he had a clan tag called The Store. And so I kept that in my mind, and when I watched the next Brawlhalla tournament that Saturday, I was like, I'm going to see if I'm right. Because I was pretty sure it was Sandstorm, who was the number one Brawlhalla's player in the world, period. Three-time world champion, the best player there is. Yeah, and so when he came on that tournament, I noticed his clan tag was still the store, and I was like, yep, that was Sandstorm. <laughs> I went and investigated his clan on a website. There was no one else it could have possibly been. So we ran into the number seven 2v2 player and the number one global everything player in a random matchup. And it was just super wild. And I mean, it was cool because we got a few hits in legitimately too before obviously they started just going for wacky stuff because they could. So it was like, oh no, it felt, uh, it made me feel like, hey, we kind of hung in there. We got to see so. You know, small universe celebrities. That was neat. Yeah. And another thing that's cool about the game Brawlhalla, too, is just like um, Super Animal Royale, everything you can buy in that game is also cosmetics. Otherwise, it's free to play. So that's two f- free to play games that I would actually highly recommend people get into if they're looking for something free they don't want to commit any money to. Then, I mean, I've already committed too much money to both of them. Well, Brawlhalla in particular, only $15 into Super Animal Royale right now, but. <laughs> <laughs> The, the thing about Brahalla too, is, like, we didn't even start buying stuff for that game until we'd been playing for, like, a year, and, you know? Yeah. Because it was like, we were like, oh, I think we actually are going to be playing this game for a long time. And so that was neat. And as, aside from that, I've just been playing Doom again, going through um, the original Doom on... I've, I've never actually played the game through Pistol Starts, which means you don't carry weapons over from the last level, you just... Every time you finish the level, you re- you warp to that level as if you were killed or whatever. So you start with 100 health, zero health, armor, one pistol, 50 shots, and that's it. Why? <laughs> for the extra challenge. And then I've been doing it on Ultra Violence with Fast Monsters enabled, which basically means it's like Nightmare Mode if the enemies didn't respawn. It's, um, it's been tricky. I've been dying a couple times each level, but I'm up to E2M5, which is pretty much the exact halfway mark of the original Doom, because I don't think I'm going to do... Thy Flesh Consumed, the Ultimate Doom's bonus episode. But, man, it's it's been fun. It's just, I'm stuck on E2M5 because uh, I'm trying to get the secret exit because I feel like I should do the secret exit since I'm going to do the secret levels, too. And um, the secret exit requires a teleport where you're just surrounded by 10 lost souls and on fast monsters. Even with the plasma gun, I haven't been able to get them all before I die. So, <laughs> just got to figure out, like, if there's a replicable thing. I think I'm going to watch Decino's playthrough of uv on fast monsters and see how he handled those or if he just made sure to come in there with a lot of health and armor so he could tank a couple hits because uh got killed there a couple times today didn't like it but i'm having a lot of fun willie never stops playing doom no i told you it's my favorite game it's it's doom i have uh i've been playing two different games this week other than battleship brigade uh i fucked around with black desert online black desert online and uh some oblivion oh and i've been going Dude, I forgot. There's an NPC, and I wish I remembered what town it was in. And I might have told you guys this before, but it might have been off mic. If anybody's played Oblivion, you're going to know immediately what I'm talking about. There's an NPC that you run into, and I'm going to say Coral. I might be wrong, but I think it's Coral. It might be Shadenhall. It doesn't matter. I don't think either either of you played Oblivion, so you don't even know what the towns I'm talking about. Yeah, nope. yeah it's all good. So, um, 
you meet this woman and you talk to her. She, I think she runs the potion shop or whatever. And when you go to end the conversation with her, she's like, oh, by the way, before you go, do you happen to know the uh, the charge for necrophilia oh. here in uh, Tamria or in uh, Imperial City? And she, you're just like, uh, is this your first defense? She's like, let's say no. <laughs> like, then it's 500 gold. She's like, oh, my gosh, that's way less than Morrowind. Thank you. And then she just leaves. <laughs> <laughs> it's like this little things like that are why i fucking love that game so much you know uh that or like the, the the painting where the dude like you have to find him but he's in the painting you have to go into the painting to find him like because he's got this magical paintbrush that he paints his paintings from the inside and that's why they look so detailed which i think that's yeah. fucking such a cool idea yeah and stuff like that i think is really cool in those um bethesda games is when something just comes out completely off the wall like you said you have to go into the painting mm-hmm. for that one because I remember in um, Skyrim, last time I played it, I think it was one of those things where I had to get on the boat to go to like the little sliver of Morrowind that you can reach, and you ended up in like some Cthulhu, Cthonian <laughs> hellscape for like yeah. five seconds. I, I remember thinking, like, I did not expect this from this game, and this is really cool. Yeah, that's that's the whole plot line over over there on Solstheim is that you're dealing with Hermaeus Mora, which is like the big Cthulhu thing. And uh, he's trying to help you take down Mirak, who is like yeah. the original Dragonborn or something like that. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. whole that whole expansion is awesome. It's it's fucking awesome. Because yeah, I ended up doing that part of that. I didn't finish. That's where I ended up last time I tried to play Skyrim. But I remember thinking that was really cool. Ryan told me that he was playing Skyrim and he had uh, full inventory. Like he was maxed out. He couldn't sprint. He could only walk and. He was being stubborn, so he said he took an hour and a half, and he walked across the map to the next town. He said it was an hour and a half. He might have been exaggerating a little. I don't know. You move but pretty it, slow when you're in cupboard. I believe it could have been yeah. a full-ass hour. But he gets to the bar in town, and instead of going to talk to the, the tavern owner so he can sell some stuff or whatever, uh, he goes and talks to this NPC that's sitting at the bar who challenges him to a drinking contest. Who is? Oh no! <laughs> the the Dage request. So uh, you drink with this dude, and you pass out, and you wake up, and it's like the Hangover. You have to go back yeah. through what happened the night before and figure out what the <laughs> fuck had happened because you partied down with Sanguine because he was disguised as a human, and and so Ryan is now back in the middle of fucking nowhere with all this gear, <laughs> like it's just like son of a bitch. <laughs> Just drop a dragon bone, my dude. You'll be okay. That's what I told him. I'm like, dude, like, you'll find more. No, man, I want to keep this stuff. I'm going to use it. But you'll find more. There's like a thousand of each of what you're carrying in the game, at least. <laughs> it's um, funny when Nate said he liked the, when the game takes you to weird places. I was thinking it was going to be a Daedric quest, too. I thought he was going to talk about when you meet uh, Sheagorath. Oh, God. I love Sheagorath. He's he's the, so much the different. Daedric Prince of Madness, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, he is so much different in Morrowind than he is in <laughs> Oblivion. But I love the Oblivion Sheagorath. His whole thing is he's split into two. So he is the like, uh, what? I'm sorry. What did you just say? My mind just blanked. Sheagorath, the Daedric Prince of Madness. Prince of Madness. Thank you. He's also the Prince of uh, Law and Order in Jigalag, and they're the same person. It's it's this weird. I don't even know how to explain it. It's just a weird. They're the same deity, but they're split into two. It's very strange. Uh, but entertaining. That is a really good expansion as well. Is the Shivering Isles doing all the Shagarath stuff? And I even done like when you see him in DLC Sky- yet. What was that? Sorry, bud. I haven't done any of the DLC in Skyrim yet, except I think the trailhead for the Vampire Quest ran up at me at one point. Um, yeah, the, there's a few DLC in Skyrim that I really enjoyed. Uh, Dawnguard, like the vampire stuff, is cool. Yeah. Um, I'm one of those people that like I really liked. Uh, was it? Not Hearthstone, uh, shit. I don't remember what it was called, but it's the house the, where you could start building your own houses and stuff. I really liked that. Like Hearthfire, I think is what actually what it was called. But so other than Oblivion, yes, this week I played a bunch of Black Desert Online. Um, I I fucking like that game a lot, and I think it's because like you don't have to pay for a subscription. It's like if you paid, you know, it's usually I think ten bucks, nine ninety nine for the game itself. Um, it goes on sale a lot for like four ninety nine or even like two dollars sometimes. And once you buy it, you can play it. There are things that you can buy with money. Um, a lot of them are cosmetic. There are in-game items that you can buy with real money. 
but the catch is so once you're trying like the big thing in bdo is getting a good set of gear and then upgrading it and there's like 15 tiers of upgrades um once you get to a certain point if your upgrade fails your item loses some durability like max durability so it's it's like a, a weighing against the odds type thing and you can buy stuff off the marketplace for in-game silver that you just make playing the game or you can go and buy it on the pearl shop for real money the only thing is it does not change the rng chance so i feel like people who spend money on doing that stuff are paying to win but they're also cheating themselves out of money because someone who went and bought the exact same stuff with in-game currency that they just grinded up to be able to afford are going to have the exact same chance than if you paid real money and you could fail every fucking one of them and then there would be there would goes your 20 bucks or whatever right down the drain you know what i mean so like i'm treating it as a free game i'm not going to pay money there's one thing that i'll pay money for maybe and it is an extra character slot now and then but you get loyalty points every day when you log in and you can use your loyalty points to buy certain things in the uh, in the in the pearl shop, like a character slot or um, like a uh, like a value pack thing, which is like uh, you guys have never played Elder Scrolls Online, but ESO has this thing called ESO Plus, and it's like ESO you you pay for it and you can play it for free. But if you're a crafter and you absolutely want ESO Plus because then you have an unlimited crafting bag instead of it having uh, item limitation in there. So it's kind of like one of those things where it's like you can pay and you'll get like 10% more experience and you'll have a little more inventory slots and stuff like that. But I just use loyalty points to get all that shit. So I have yet to spend any money in that game and I've been thoroughly enjoying it. So people who call it pay to win, I mean, granted, I'm not max level yet. But even at that point, like I just I don't mind going out and grinding for an hour or two and making some money. Plus, that game's got these systems where you can AFK fish like you, you can buy a boat. There's like tons of life skills you gathering, cooking, uh, becoming a tradesman, like setting up trade routes and shit. You can do that. You can you raise your merchant skill. There's all these different skills that you wouldn't expect to be in a normal MMO game. But I really like fishing. Where you can go out on your boat out into the water and you just cast your rod and start fishing. Uh, and you can set it to auto fish and tell it to you only want to keep rare fishing above. And then you can go the fuck to bed. And then when you wake up the next day, you got an inventory with some fish in it. And then you can just take those and either go dry them uh, or cook them or you can just go trade them in or you can sell them on the marketplace. All kinds of shit. So it's like a, uh, it's not streamlined. It's a sandbox. Like it's a sandbox MMO. And that's one thing that I like about it. It's because you're kind of not forced to go do anything. You can kind of fuck off, do whatever the hell you want, which is great. It's great. Sounds really, really open, really cool. Yeah. And the character creation thing is is fantastic. Uh, That video you sent me scarred me. Uh, ah, I'm glad you enjoyed it. But it was... so he finally got around to watching uh, the Monster Factory episode where they created a character that looks just like Bart Simpson. Well, he looked like something for sure. He looked, he looked just like Bart, like, man. like just a, like Bart, like a melting Bart Simpson for sure. like his <laughs> eye was f- f- gone. Yeah, it was terrifying. But yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I really, did. and I've been enjoying the game. I'm gonna probably put a lot more time into it, but I'm going to be sinking a lot of time into Trails in the Sky here relatively well, soon. Oh. Hopefully I won't be monopolizing your Steam anymore because I know you were trying not to spend too much time on the game so I could get to the library share and play Battle Chef because I wasn't able to get the game otherwise this week. So, but uh, yeah, that's we no finished with that. So, yeah, and w- any time that you were you were playing Battle Chef, I would just play Oblivion, so it was all good. Oh, that works. Because uh, at that point, I would pretty much beat it. But uh, let's go ahead. And go to our reoccurring segment that everybody seems to love. And it is the obligatory Wikipedia bullshit. Ladies and gentlemen, Battleship Brigade is a brawler and puzzle game developed by Trinket Studios and published by Adult Swim Games. The game was released for Windows and Nintendo Switch in November 2017. That's what it says. And then, <laughs> that's, that's all it says for the, the opening. And then uh, as far as gameplay, um, you cook. You start actually, you know. Let's we can just talk about that. So like, yep. Once you get in, you play as Mina, Mina Han. You're like a female protagonist. Um, you are part of a family who runs a little restaurant, uh, which gave me small town girl living in a lonely world. (laughs) It gave me uh Food Wars vibes, like the first episode of Food Wars, where the main character is working in his dad's restaurant. Like that's the vibe that I got from it. And there is this big contest 
that goes on in the uh, capital city that's like a brigade not the brigade it's like a uh iron chef tournament almost in order to become one of the brigade members for the battle chef brigade which like i guess is like the government i think everything revolves around food the way i understood it is the battle chefs kind of like they're this combination of like a governing body a military like or a protected a protectorate militia more than a military and also chefs like and hunters like they kind of do a lot of the prestigious work in the world which is a little bit more based on culinary goods because in this universe um the chefs are not just cooks but they also procure their own ingredients by fighting and killing monsters and gathering herbs and stuff in the world yeah um so the com- the contest kind of pits both of those elements together where you'll have so much to- well go ahead you tell them about the contest uh well I was, I was gonna say first off right off the bat i love the animation style of this game like the way that it looks is fantastic. Uh, I think it's I believe cute. it's it hand drawn esque, or it looks at least hand drawn. I like the way it has these really, really, really thin lines. Like it looks like it's all one pixel thick lines and kind of flat shaded. But I think it, it carries a lot of charm. It, I, I was the more I played it, the more it was reminding me of something, especially the way the orcs were drawn. But I never could figure out what it was that it was making me think of. I was just like something about these character designs is ringing a huge bell. Yeah, and. That made me want to start like thinking about what Adult Swim shows it could be. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it was. I don't think it has anything to do with Adult Swim. Really, it just kind of. I don't, I don't even get why they published it, except for it me does either. have a comedy element to it. But like, I mean, I'm used to them publishing, you know, weirder. Ga- I mean, not that this game isn't a little conceptually weird, but I don't. I don't quite get the the. Uh, I don't get why they were the ones that jumped on it. I mean, I'm not complaining, but it it does seem a little bit of a weird fit. And Nate, what about you? Like, what was your first, like, your first, uh, what jumped out at you, jump out at you when you first loaded it up and started playing? Yeah, I agree with y'all. I think the art style is really cute and nice to look at in this game. Um, but yeah, nothing too particular other than that. I just think, yeah, it was nice. Okay. Um, as far as the gameplay goes, like, when you first start off, I believe that they have you cooking for your family before you actually run away to the, the Battle Chef Brigade. Uh, you have to cook a meal for your friend Simon, if I remember correctly. Yeah. So that kind of introduces you to the gameplay aspect, which is you have to run out into the quote-unquote arena, which in the beginning of the game is your backyard, and there's monsters out there, and you have to use your little dagger, or maybe it's a kitchen, like a butcher's knife. It's a dagger. Yeah. So you, and you just start killing monsters, and they drop ingredients that you pick up and you bring back and you put in your pantry. Such as if you get, like, a small bird killed, it might drop, like, the breast or the wing or the claws, and each of those has different properties. Yeah, or you can, like, uh, attack a bush that might have some berries on it. It'll drop the berries. You can pick those up. Um, In in one of the later levels, you can fight a dragon, so that's Mm -hmm. fun. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, you basically just take the ingredients back to the the pantry, and then you go over to the pan, and she snaps her finger, and the fire comes on, because I guess she's magical or something. I don't know. It always made me giggle when that happened. Um, And it brings on the cooking aspect, which is like a gym matching almost game. Uh, The Wikipedia compares it to Tetris, but I do not see that. I think it's more like Bejeweled, like old school, just match three. Yeah, it's nothing like Tetris as far as puzzle games go. Yeah. No, the main mechanic for manipulating the gems is you have like a two by two block that you rotate and there's a four by four field of gems at most. And you, I mean, I guess the thing that has in common with Tetris is that blocks will fall if nothing's underneath them. But aside from that, you're really just rotating them to get the three to match in a row. It's, it's strictly in a row. It's not like Puyo Puyo style clumps. You have to have them horizontally or vertically. Yeah. And, uh, there's certain pans you can get later on where it's like, it makes it where it won't take three matchups, yeah. but it'll do four in a row, but it'll, when it combines them, it'll combine them to the maximum gym. And there are three levels. You have your normal level, your mid tier level. And then your your high level gems, and you combine three of the first levels to make one of the mid tier, and then you need three of the mid tier to make one of the high tier, and that's how you get the rating on your food up. And you want your food to have the highest rating possible. Um, once you get into the brigade, and you're having to cook for judges, they start to look for certain ingredients. So your main ones are fire, water, and earth. You got your blue gym, your red gym, and your green gym, and um, Certain judges, like there's an old lady with a ridiculous Corella Deville style haircut, and yeah. she's like, 
I want water. I love water. Just give me the taste of water. And she just wants fucking main water. So you better give that bitch a lot of blue or she's going to be very upset with you and knock like 50 points off your dish. You know, so that's the kind of thing. It's almost like it really is like if you've ever watched Iron Chef on Food Channel or like Chopped, it's like that. Yeah, it even has the Iron Chef conceit where in each battle you um, there's a theme ingredient or in this case it's a theme uh, a theme monster. So it might say you have to hunt Squickle, which is a little squid, little watery squid jumping blob thing. And it doesn't matter if you get the tentacles, the bladder, whatever off of it, but all your dishes have to consist of at least one ingredient from that. Only one, though. It doesn't have to be the primary ingredient. Yeah. As long as you got, like, a tentacle in there, then the rest of it could be, you know, a fruit salad. Yeah. Now, how did you guys react to that style of gameplay? Like, did it, was it a surprise to you that that was how the cooking was done? Like, compared to, say, maybe, like, overcooked or something like that? No, not for me, really, because, like, before we started playing it, I kind of looked at what the game was and saw that it was, you know, the, the fighting aspect to get the um, ingredients and then the puzzle game aspect to cook. So, no, it didn't come as a surprise to me because I already kind of came to expect that before I even opened the game. Okay. I was surprised about how much juggling of stuff you needed to do later on. Like, in the first couple of things where you're cooking for one judge, one dish... It's a lot more simple, but when you're using like multiple pots and pans, multiple stations, trying to make multiple things and keep things juggled and keep finding new space to add ingredients, like it does become a lot more in-depth than the first couple missions where I felt like it was basically go outside, punch a bird, get bird, make thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, dude. Yeah. When they start throwing like two and three judges at you and then you've got, and then they give you the different areas. So now you got to go out there and you have to learn a new area while trying to think about what you're going to make for these three judges and you're running around trying to kill this stuff and then there's the one level where you can fall off and yeah, the, uh, the, like platform heroin yeah yeah i like that one a lot i like how the little things like if you cut one of the uh the fruits from the tree that float down if you did that too close to where the wind was blowing it would yeah. just shoot, shoot your they would just fucking go flying and i was like oh well i've got to go find that now I thought it was cool how some of the uh, ingredients would interact with other monsters on the stage. Like um, slimes will just run up and grab ingredients you leave lying around. Or I think the main one that the game shows you in one of the early tutorials is like if you kill a monster near a, a I don't remember what it's called, like a cheap cheap. It's a little little tiny chicken little monster. It will run up, eat that, and if you don't get it off of it quick enough, it'll fully consume that. But then it'll lay an egg, and you can use the egg as a sauce, which will change gems over. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I like those little interactions. That was kind of neat. There were probably more, but I only noticed a couple ones. Like, there's that, and then, of course, if you kill all the Hydra limbs that you see, then the Hydra head pops up, and if you get that, you get even bigger, higher-quality ingredients. Yeah. Um, one of the other ones like that that I've seen is, like, the little piranha plant thing. Mm-hmm. If it eats one of those chickens, it will grow wings and start flying yeah. around. And oh, that's what triggers it to fly. Okay. Yeah, which would crack me up. Uh, and that's how you get the wing then. Okay. I just kind of thought that was happening at random. Once, so basically, Mina decides that she's going to run away to join the brigade, and Simon's like, "Yeah, go for it." Like he's your Simon is your like best friend from hometown, your like next door neighbor or whatevs. Yeah, yeah. There's a very like uh, brother sister, but maybe I, I don't know. I never got a vibe that they were like into each other. You know what I mean? Like there was never yeah, that. No. So he's very supportive of her. He's like, "Yeah, go do it." So you go. To the, to the brigade. You join. That's when you start doing the actual uh, missions where you're having to go in the in being judged and that type of stuff. You're not just cooking in the restaurant anymore. And it's also at that point that the three little mini games, I'll call them, open up. And you got your puzzles, your hunting, and your restaurant. Um, the puzzles is just helping the old man solve stuff. Oh, yep, boy. Uh, just um, so basically, once you get into town, there's jobs. There's like three locations that you can do your jobs at, and each one of them has like a different thing that they're help. They're basically training you for the the big battle because yeah. there's the old man, like you said, Belky, or who has an alchemy lab, and what you're doing is like experimental food lab is learning new game mechanics because that's the first time it'll show you about bones or about poison stones or about fragile gems, things like that. Trying to make ambrosia. And- yeah, that's it. he's trying to make this super ingredient called ambrosia that would be like able to bring out the best in any flavor, no matter what. Spoilers, he, he pulls it off, you get it, and it's uh, it's really helpful. It just it promotes any gem up one level. It's nice. And I just assumed that that's MSG. 
Yeah, yeah, I was thinking accent. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, and then there was a Thorn, who was a dark elf, who was a hunter, and she's always hung over and it seems like she's just gotten through a bad breakup or something she's constantly pining away over someone and um so she's really short with you she doesn't even seem like she wants to do the tutorial for you she just basically will go okay go kill five monsters <laughs> that that's it she doesn't really she's in the plot of the game a little bit but she doesn't really do as much tutorialing as the other two yeah and then the, then the last one would be the restaurant which is just yeah make the meal as quick as you can it's fast food. Pontita's restaurants run by this dwarf little, this little kindly dwarf lady who just drill sergeants you the moment you're in there because you're just trying to match the shapes that it gives you as quick as possible to learn how to be more fluid with the uh, the stirring, the mechanic where you rotate the blocks. Yeah, and it's not about getting the highest score. It's about matching what the customer wants as quick as possible to get it out the door. And yeah, it'll literally just pop up like a pattern. Like it'll be like red gem, green gem, green gem, red gem, and you have to move the gems in there until you get that exact pattern matched. Yeah, and, and the, then it just pop on to the next one. And then the, this little dude comes hauling ass by and grabs the plate and runs off. Yeah, yeah. You're a little place like, like if it was an old lady, I'm like, oh, this looks delicious. Now I, I do want to ask both of your opinions on the little side games. Um, I will say that the puzzles are stupid easy at, at first. At first. Eventually, they get to a point where it's like you really got to think about it because you start dealing with gems that are fragile. And if you shift them too many times, they will shatter and then you have to start all over. Um, or you're dealing with poison, which we'll touch on that in a second. Um, the hunting never got hard to me. The hunting no. was easy as fuck. The restaurant, by the end of the game, I was not doing those anymore. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, you just do that one for money for the most part. And uh, it's like... I did not feel like I needed to buy too many new things at one point. Oh, like yeah. I feel like you could you could win the game with your base equipment. Well, well, you wanted you wanted yeah. more puzzles. You want well, I don't remember where you get the cutting board. That one seemed critical. I bought the uh, like the double jump thing or like the thing that made my daggers that you throw freeze enemy or slow enemies down and stuff like that. But yeah, I never bought too many ingredient ingredients. Um, I think I did buy a pot, a slow cooker pot type thing. You get the slow cooker off of Belkior. Uh no I know but there there was a I bought the I bought the elemental them. ones that let you match two that's, there was that's the ones that let was. you match two but it only works for one color so you had to, like pick the one that was like the, what color you thought you would need in the next battle which I thought was cool and if you if you lose one of the battles it does let you rematch and it lets you reequip so if you goofed up you can um you know equip yourself to the actual specifications of the match because the judges don't change now Nate what did you think about these mini games my good sir. Um, so I was saying I didn't get as far into this game as you guys did, <clears throat> and everything I was doing felt trivial. Yeah, it it is very trivial for the first couple hours. That's that is the word I would use. Yeah. In fact, um, I mean, didn't you especially note like you said that combat was easy? Like you even fought one of the hardest monsters. Yeah, combat was a joke in that game because I remember like the first time I went up and fought like the dragon, which was like one of the bigger monsters. It was nothing to it. Like all you really had to do was pogo on its head over and over again, and it died. Oh, that's what you, I did. I used the teleport. I used the backstab. Like whenever it turned yeah. around, I would just backstab. Yeah, I would. But I yeah, the thing about the monsters was, um, I felt like the combat was not supposed to be there to kill you. It was supposed to be there to make you like do it quickly and efficiently in game. So you had to only have so much time to pick out your ingredients, and otherwise you cut into your time with the matching gem game or whatever. Yeah, it's it's like it's basically like uh, going to the spice cabinet and chopped, like running over to like, the ingredients, I'm, please. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think I ended up dying in any of the actual quests, in, except for falling. I fell off on the tall level a couple times. But, like, the dragon is the second strongest monster in the game, and it never killed me. And the strongest monster never killed me. I think I died once because I was just goofing around too much. Like, I was, I ran into a Karano on one health point or something. The, uh, the dragon did kill me when I was playing as Mina. Not as Thrash. When I played as Thrash, I whooped that dragon's ass. But um, as Mina, it, cor- it got me into the corner, and I, like... For some reason, at this time, I forgot that I could hit B and do the little glide thing, and it glides past enemies, and uh, it just kept me over there in the corner and just fucking destroyed me with a fire blast and then a big whack to the head. You oh. forgot about that and the teleport backstab move and everything? Oh, I, did, I didn't have that at the time. Oh, I forgot how you acquire that then. It was, uh, you get that through the, the hunting missions. I thought she just tells you to do it at one point, and you've always had it. I think that's I true, be because like, I remember I did the hunting mission, I even got that far to where I had that. Well, then she might she might teach you how to do it then. Uh, or, you know what I mean? But you might have already had it. But she's like, by the way, you can do this. Because, I mean, I never fucked around with much controls other than running around and just mashing X. Just to yeah, s- I mean, smack shit. 
you didn't need to do very complicated stuff to combat. Like, most of the combat I did was run up to something, hit, like, XX, then it would probably go upward, so I'd hit up X, so it did the little uppercut, then XX, and then yeah. land, and... I did like, like the, the combat uh, was never difficult. I, I did like the up and Y where she would throw the whirlwind out. That was helpful with some of the flying enemies for sure. I only really ever use that on the strong, mostly stationary dudes, like the the big guy that shoots off the ice crystals. Oh yeah, the little dinosaur dude, him yeah. or the big buffalo. Uh, I I would use them like there was the the little cavern area. I would use those to knock the lizards off the roof. Oh, that's smart. And they'd fall. I just jumped up and got them. <laughs> I did that with Thrash because when you're when you're playing as Thrash later in the game, when you jump and hit your attack button, he throws like this flying knee, and it was really satisfying yes. to just knee the shit out of these lizards off the wall. <laughs> um, I, I have I have some con- some stuff to say about Thrash's chapter, but we'll I guess we'll get there when we do the story. Yeah, well, I mean, so the story there's I not mean, a ton. To we it. probably I feel like this is spoilery, but it's also it's a pretty thin story, so I don't feel like. I mean, it's like the game is a storytelling game more than it is a puzzle or an arcade game for sure. Yeah. But so, like, I guess we are kind of spoiling stuff, but also, it's what the show like, is, man. You you pick up what's going to happen in the story by the end of the second chapter for sure. Like, there were a couple things that surprised me, and I guess we can spoil that part too. But yeah, well, um, we'll just so I say, spoiler alert: if you don't want to know the story for this game, uh, thank you for listening. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I guess we could cover we could cover other characters before we do story. If there's any other characters you guys wanted to bring up, because I want to say I loved Ziggy. If you Ziggy was my favorite character, um, so he's a kind of creepy dude with a British accent has a little ghost that follows him around called the Jelly Ghost. And the more you talk to him, the more you find out that he's like involved with the dead. Like he's actually like a necromancer dude, and he has skeletons as his sous chefs and stuff. It's so awesome. Yeah, I liked Wart. He cracked me the fuck up. Oh, the baker. Yeah. Yeah. He's just so eccentric and I loved it. Like his little pose yep. that he would hit. Yeah. Just cracked me up every time. Super anime. So Wart, Wart is like the biggest guy in the game. He's like a 400 pound orc, uh, but he's not buff like Thrash. He's more just round and he's just, oh, I will beat you. Like he's got that kind of uh, lilty type voice. Yeah. Did you have a favorite character, Nate? No, I thought everybody I met was super bland. Nah, fair enough. I mean, certainly the first person you talk to for any length of time, Kieran, uh, the elf lady, oh, is yeah. like the blandest character in the game, and she's like your best friend. Yeah. I mean, I've met some of those other characters you guys talked about, but nobody really pulled me in. I really liked. Oh, man. I thought I thought you would like Thrash because he's yeah. big, benevolent orc giant guy. Like I don't know. I, I, mean, I did like Thrash, him. but he's a very generic character that pops up in pretty much every fantasy setting where there's a big, nice guy warrior type. Yeah. I guess so. There's nothing unique about him. I mean, it, there's more to him later, but it's not that much more, uh, to be not, honest. I, I was going to say, it's not a ton more. So, once you get into the brigade and you're going through your um, trials, basically, you know, going up the ranks, uh, you can be defeated three times, even though if you lose in the game, it just has you retry. So, Mina's, like, misundefeated throughout the whole thing. Yeah, um, but in the plot, if a character needs to win... Six ma- win seven matches to advance to the finals or lose three to be eliminated from the tournament. Yeah. And you end up getting expelled from the first one because is it Shiv? Isn't that her name? Shiv? Yes. She uh, is being a, a bitch. Shocker, because she's just a bitchy character. And she's going to attack Kieran, I believe. Or no, the... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was Kieran. Was it Kieran? Okay, and she was she got into a squabble with Kieran after losing the match because she accuses Kieran of being a favorite of the academy because she says that Kieran's family right. donate to the academy and therefore they've got like they're just giving the match to her or whatever. So she goes to attack her. Mina throws her dagger and hits Shiv and cuts her arm. So both of them end up getting expelled. She gets sent back home and. Mina's just been like depressed and stuff. So like her parents and her sisters trying to cheer her up. So they they like go on, go cook. You'll you'll feel better. She goes out and she cooks. But then there starts being this weird thing with people are getting sick eating the food all around town. And these ingredients that you have start to have these like weird purple looking masses in them, and you don't know what they are. But that you assume that's probably what's making people sick. And you end up um, getting a letter. And will he fill, fill in anything I'm forgetting here? Um, you end up getting a letter from the brigade, yeah. like, "Yo, we need you to come back. Um, we need all able hand, able-bodied chefs on deck to help figure out how to stop this crisis." So basically, what happens is there's um, a 
throughout the whole continent, as it turns out, there's a disease that's hitting like all of the basically monsters that you hunt and eat. And uh, at first they thought it was a problem with just the meat that the brigadiers in the area were hunting. But it turns out even the stuff you're getting from your own backyard is tainted. All the stuff in the in-game, the taint is represented by the purple blocks, the poison blocks, and also the fragile gems where if you move them too much, they demote or they get destroyed depending on what level they are. Yeah. So... Um, there, it's been hinted at before a little bit in the game, but this is the point where they come on and agree, agree that it is a blight, and this is something that happens very rarely. But they need everyone to come back, so they suspended everyone's. Uh, they suspended the tournament. They want everyone that was demo- or brought out. Basically, um, they they formed three groups back in the capital city. Uh, the A group is the existing brigadiers. The B group is the people that were in the tournament at the time of the suspension. And you're in a group that's C group, which is people that were either eliminated or expelled due to conduct reasons. Yeah. And so you come back in, the friends you meet in town, you're working on trying to figure out the plight. And after a little while, you tr- it turns out that um, you have reason to suspect it was actually caused by someone within the brigade itself. And so the second half of the game basically becomes you trying to get your way back into the tournament, but also investigating the uh, source of the outbreak. Yeah. And this is around the time where the puzzles start getting fucking hard. Uh, and they start throwing two and three judges at you at a time. And two judges is like easy to eat. Well, let me phrase that easier to manage, but dude, three. Three, even with like the 10 minute time limit, three can get a little rough if you start trying to focus too hard on one dish. And then. Yeah, I thought that the most stressful moments in the game were every single challenge that had three judge. Because um, every single one of them was like, you had to be juggling three dishes. You only have four stations. So if you want to move it to a different specialist pot, you need to, you know, pop everything off to a side one, move it. You have to like shuffle everything around. You're working on each judge wants a different dish, and each dish has a different star flavor so you gotta make like a fire and earth dish an earth dish and a water dish for instance and it's like you're trying to remember what you were doing with each one you leave you're like oh i don't have enough ingredients i need to run back out and get more combat done um it it, it gets really hectic and um yeah also there's at that point you start getting uh masteries or whatever it's called where you can add like a special um like I took the one where if you put one level three gem of each color into a dish, you automatically get a fifty point bonus, and that's yeah. what I was working on the whole time. Yeah, and uh, that was—I mean, it made everything really stressful. But like when you did pull it off, it was awesome. Yeah, dude, it, it I felt, I felt so really good. good about getting the hard ones. It felt so good when you find like there was a the the final battle in the game. Dude, beat me. And I had to, yeah, I, I lost the final battle one time, and I had to redo it. And when I did it that second, I lost time, the final battle, yeah. and I lost one of the uh, the elite three too. Oh, I think I lost to the second dude, guy one time. The uh, the elite three, I beat I beat two of them, and they were they were fork, knife, and spoon. That was their names. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, the last one I only beat by like four points. Like it was real close, but I was like, yes, bitch. Yeah. So what ends up happening to get back to the plot is you. When you get back into town, you guys figure out a way to prepare the meat so it the taint isn't gone, but it's able to be cooked again safely as long as the chefs pay a lot of attention. Which, and again, in the game, that's the fragile gems and the poisons and all that. And so now you have to make sure you don't leave any poison blocks in the dish before you serve it. Because if you do that, then you'll automatically get deducted a whole bunch of points. Yeah. But also, like, the poison blocks are weird, too, because if you move them a couple times, they'll break. And then every block around that one will become a fragile gem. But if you match three of them, then you, it'll promote whatever gem is in the spot there in a couple seconds. So like you can use that to like shift a gem over to where the poison blocks were yeah. detonated. And you'll actually gain something yeah. if you're really skilled with it. It gives you a quick com- but so, combo. Yeah. But so they, they decide to reinstate the tournament and now anyone who was expelled is back in and anyone who was eliminated is fine because they've extended it to be five losses to get eliminated. So then you continue the tournament, but you're still, you, Thrash and Kieran are still trying to hunt down the source of the plague. And you get some leads, but then you do the final of the tournament. You get your seven wins. You, um, you, then you find out you have to play play against the three main lieutenants. Yeah. Before you get to the lieutenants, you have to go through Wise and dude, he annoyed the oh, shit man. out of me. So at the very beginning of the game, there's a guy you cut in line from at the very start. And that guy comes back and is like screaming vengeance at you and uh, absolutely wants to take you down while you're in the middle of something very important. Yeah, and then after everything happens, he's like. Yeah, uh, I wanted to battle you because you skipped in front of me, and if I would have been standing where you were at, the bird would not have pooped on my hair. Yeah, just a real petty dude. Apparently a bird shit on his head, and I was like, well, yeah, you're a shithead, you deserve it. 
But yeah, I hated that guy, but I loved Wart, and he's another one of the guys that you fight there at the end, uh, in the second half before you go to the final three or the major three, whatever they were called. Yeah, I can't remember. But but yeah, so once you've done that, then you you know you get into the uh, you get into the bridge, uh, brigade, and then that's the end of chapter four, and it does something really weird. So you would think at this point, what the game should do is either a you got into the brigade, you won, you've solved the mission, you can leave the plague to be if there's a sequel, that's your sequel hook, right? Or B, let's find out what what happened. Let's get right into it. The game chooses plot. C, takes you back a month in time, and now you're playing Thrash through the second half of the tournament. The only reason I think that that sort of makes sense is because while you're playing through 4, um, Mina, or I'm sorry, it was when she was back home, I think, Mina gets the yeah. letter from Thrash about his wife being really sick and that they were trying to figure out a way to you know, help her with that. And then that's what you play through in this chapter is Thrash yeah. trying to cure his wife of this fever that's caused by the, the dark portal. Yeah, so it turns out that basically what ends up happening was it turns out that one of the alchemists within the brigade had tried to create a portal to study diseased animals and ended up spreading it throughout the world. You end up, you, you, you track him down, you get a bunch of leads on him throughout all these missions, especially in Chapter 5, and then the final battle of the game You've proven that this guy's guilty, and then he did manage a trial by cooking, which even in the story they tell you, uh, by the way, even if you lose, he's just going to go to jail. It's just going to be a lesser sentence or whatever, but you still have to win for it to count. But it's it's the most uh, it's the most intense uh, one in the game. I liked playing as Thrash a lot. That, I, really liked, five, that was, I really liked it. His combat was a lot more satisfying than Mina's, just because every hit he had felt chunky. So when you go on the main menu, like for uh, daily the daily challenge thing, you can actually mm-hmm. choose uh, between Mina, Thrash, and Ziggy. Nice. And I think you can unlock other ones if you beat them. So like Wart and like those other guys. I believe you can unlock them as well, but I could be wrong. Yeah, I guess that's kind of the long and short of it. I mean, yeah. I, the, I, the... I did appreciate the uh, the dwarf guy crushing on the restaurant lady. Uh, oh, that was... I thought that was a yeah. cute little thing that they tied through the whole, the whole game was him. He was kind of an ass, but then he was really wanting to talk to that lady and Thrash's campaign and thrash is like why don't you just go talk to her and he's like don't bother me orc i'm on to you he's <laughs> a cool old man but yeah that's that's basically the the gist of it it's a uh, i think it's a fun game uh i first got it on switch back in the day and then got it again on pc because i thought it was a blast i liked the story and uh i think the the, the combat is just hectic enough that it's satisfying it's not too hectic you know what i mean so like when you go throw yourself in there with two or three judges it can be a good time uh, if I were to give it some frying pans, I think I would give it seven and a half frying pans. Yeah, I, I'm kind of in a similar boat. I, uh, Nate, actually, Nate, what do you think, man? I mean, I'll say this. I so tried. You've been pretty quiet, yeah. so I get that you didn't fully. <laughs> yeah, I, I tried. I, I really tried to get into this game and really tried to like it. I just couldn't. Like, I thought the art style and characters were cute, but, like, the whole story and even the art style at some points just started feeling like weird Disney anime to me and just nothing worked for me in that way. Like I didn't find the characters interesting. The storyline just felt like fluff for the entire time that I played it. And there was way too much filler between activities in the game for me. It's like, okay, here we are. Let's cook this dish. Okay. 15 minutes of story later, here's the next thing that you can do. And it's also something extremely easy. Within 30 minutes of playing this game, I sent a group chat to our, a group message to our chat, like, does this game ever get less exposition heavy? Because it was already driving me insane within the first 30 minutes of playing. Yeah, it's definitely part visual novel, too. Like, there's a lot of it, uh, reading the story and stuff. Yeah, but the problem with that is the story's not compelling at all. Um, and then I also found the combat was extremely weak and not fun. It was, like, so easy to just to do whatever you needed to do and just, like... It felt more like a way for them to kill time than to actually add a fun element to the game. Um, and then the puzzles that I did, everything that I did puzzle-wise felt extremely trivial and not fun. Like, the battle felt like a beat-em-up for children, and the actual cooking and puzzle parts of the game felt like a mobile game to me. So, like, I appreciate them trying to, like, try to tie these two genres together, but as a package, for me, it didn't work at all. And then plus, with the overabundance of story... With the gameplay that wasn't great, none of it worked for me, and it ends up being a 4 out of 10 for me. Okay. That seems reasonable. I feel like I fall kind of between these two. Um, I I kind of 
halfway agree with what Nate's saying and that the game tries to do a whole bunch of stuff and it doesn't excel at very many of them, but I think it does an adequate job at a lot of it. I do think that the combat is light, but I think that that's because it's supposed to be part of time management rather than being like a major element of the game. Um, the story is, I mean, it's a children's fairy tale for the most part, but I don't have a problem with that per se. I mean, it's not very deep, but I did find myself getting a little bit of an attachment to the characters. I thought the art did a lot uh, to carry it. Uh, like the, the game had its own in it charm. Um, I feel like this is the kind of game I would recommend if it were on sale, but not a game I would ask people to pay full price for. And I think, Dalton, you said you had it on Switch. And I think that this would be a good game to have to bring with you somewhere, like on a car trip or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I don't I don't know if playing it in a Steam window is the main way I would want to have played it. I'm still going to go ahead and give it a 7 out of 10 because I did enjoy playing it. But, um, I mean, I would recommend it with caution. Like, I don't think it's for everyone. And I, again, think that it, it's one of the ones that, like, if you got it as part of a bundle or something you would feel like you got a good deal. Yeah. But if you, I wouldn't go out of my way for it. It's a, Like, if they still made renting video games, it would be a rental. It's a, it's an indie-priced game, too. It's $19.99, uh, full price. Yeah, and then I, when it goes on sale, usually I think it's like $7.99 or so. Yeah, see, I would, I, I feel like this game is a good deal at 8 and a terrible deal at 20 Well, gentlemen, that just means that... Oh, also, I, I wanted to, uh, one more thing. I, when I hit the end credits, I did finish the game. Me and Dalton finished the game. Nate tapped out after a couple hours because it just did not grab him. Fully understood. I liked that in the end credits, there's a Kickstarter role because it's one of those Kickstarted games. Mm-hmm. And they did the whole backers list. And one of the backers had written, please do not include my name in the credits. And they just included the phrase, please do not include my name in the credits in the credits, which I couldn't tell if it was a joke or what, but it kind of made me happy. I... Yeah, I, I saw some of the names on there. Like, I would kind of scroll, like, let it scroll when I was looking through them. And some of them, the names were hilarious. I can't think of any right off the hand, but, like, that was one of them. It was just fucking hysterical. Oh, gentlemen. But, yeah, take us home, money. Now that, stretch it out first. Now that, we're, now that we're done with Battleship Brigade, that only means one thing. That means that we are finally going to tackle the Legend of Heroes Trails in the Sky. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, back in the that JRPG groove. It's going to be great. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, hopefully, hopefully you enjoy this one a little more than Battleship Brigade because I would I would be bummed out if you had like if you don't like this and then there's like three weeks of it or, or you know, three episodes worth. Hey, if I hate the first episodes worth, I'm just a guest host. Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, you can just tap out. Like, nope, I'm gone. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that'll be up next. Uh, really looking forward to that. Um, off air, I think we should hash out what we want to do for October since it's Halloween and spooky month and all of that. Um, I, obviously, we're probably still going to be playing some trails into October, so uh, we'll we'll figure out what to do like on the off weeks. Yeah, I think I've got a few horror games that are pretty short, so we'll we'll get that figured yeah. out. Um, it was nice having two uh, two weeks off of uh, from the tyranny of epic RPGs, but we're back, baby. <laughs> we're back. And better than ever. Uh, if you would like to check out our website, you can go to uh, bit.ly slash the Steam Machine Podcast. Uh, capitalize each word. Just the Steam Machine Podcast. Or, no, it's both, isn't it? No, it's not. It's not. Yeah, so definitely uh, bit.ly slash the Steam Machine Podcast. Uh, capitalize first letter of each word. Uh, the Discord link is bit.ly slash TSMP Discord. That's all caps. And uh, if you want you like a, a sexy ass little uh, shirt, with our logo on it you can check out uh tsmpproductions.threadless.com and there's all kinds of shit you can get our logo on some shirts you can get it on a pair of undies you can get it on some socks you can get it on a shirt you can get it on a backpack you can get it on pants whatever the fuck you want uh i don't believe they have condoms though i would totally wear a condom with steamy on it just saying (laughs) uh but yeah, man, uh, come check all that out. Uh, Nate, would you like to plug your Twitch and stuff, my good sir? Yeah, you can find me on Twitch and Twitter at thosewebsites.com slash turtlebearman for both. And Willie, any uh, words of wisdom? Let it be. Um, I didn't really think of anything. Um, eat a salad? I'm going to eat a salad in a little bit, and it sounds really good. I'm looking forward to it. You know, that does sound I don't good. know, man. I recommend vegetables. We have a food-based podcast today. Eat a vegetable. We didn't talk about food today in the Patreon. We did not. Oh, 
We did not. We also didn't talk about wrestling at any point, so this is a wild episode. Yes. Oh, well, I had a, I had a wrestling note, and I'll throw it in here at the end because it doesn't even need a real big conversation. What if a crisis happened and the president came out, and instead of giving this, like, all right, here's how we're going to handle this you know, thing. What if he just came out like Dusty Rhodes and was like, listen, baby, reach out, grab my hand. Hard times. We are in hard times. <laughs> I, just, I was like, dude, if I just, I just had this whole thing in my play out in my head the other day of a president come out just cutting hard times. Like, <laughs> our country is dining in wine with kings and queens and sat in the alley eating pork and beans, baby. Baby. <laughs> a computer is taking the government's job. <laughs> Oh, man, yeah, right. I love it. Anyways, uh, yeah, so that'll be it for this week's episode of the Steam Machine Podcast. Until next time, Battle Chefs, take it easy. Vive la cuisine. Vive la brigade. Ho-ho. Brigade, damn.